Welcome to Conversations with Mayi Lenz. That's me. I'm your host, a photographer obsessed with helping women lead unapologetically. On this show, you will hear not only from me, but from other amazing women who inspire me and are making a difference in the community. What does that mean, leading unapologetically? To me, it's leading from a place of authenticity without apologies. In other words, not seeking approval for being yourself, what you care for, and value. My goal with this podcast is to inspire and help women develop powerful confidence in themselves and recognize the value we bring to the community and the world as a whole. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom, entrepreneur, pursuing a career, or growing your business, we are here to build each other up. Let's learn and grow together. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about the benefits of Kundalini Yoga for busy entrepreneurs with Kara Nicole Vitar. She is an optimization coach and Kundalini Yoga teacher. She holds a JD from Duke University School of Law and worked in a high-stakes corporate litigation at one of the largest law firms in the Southeast. She combines the dedication and commitment that it took to become a successful attorney, real-life training, and what it takes to succeed at a high levels and executive and extensive research experience and training in how to optimize our lives. Hello, Cara. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about your story. How <laughs> did you transition <laughs> from being a successful attorney to now an optimization coach and Kundalini yoga teacher? Yeah, so... You know, I I planned my really pretty much my whole life to be an attorney. I made the decision in fifth grade that that's what I was going to do. And I worked really hard to that end. And I was really focused and committed to it. And I was like, you know, all the things like graduated highest honors from high school and then summa cum laude from college. And then I went on to Duke Law on an academic scholarship I published in law journals both as an undergraduate and in law school, and then I was recruited by and I did take a job with one of the largest law firms in the Southeast doing high-stakes corporate litigation. And so this was something that I had planned and worked so hard for, like, this was my goal. This was what I wanted to do. This is what I wanted to be. And so I, you know, I get this job and um, it's like I have everything. I really, it's like everything, let's put it this way. I had everything I thought I wanted. Like I had this, you know, this prestigious job. I was making a lot of money. I had this really charming home in the city. Uh, I felt respected and appreciated by my colleagues. Um, and I was doing very significant legal work. Um, at the same time, though, I was also doing, I was doing a lot of work for victims of domestic violence. And so mm. I was also doing work that I think, you know, was mean, like meaningful work. And so and I was eventually named head of that project. And so it was like, if you were to look at my life, it was like, I have everything. I have everything I worked for. I have everything I thought I wanted. I have everything that everybody told me 
Mm. and that society tells us was going to make me happy. And so here I am, and I am so deeply unhappy, so deeply unhappy. Like, it was like, I did not care if I got up in the morning, but I always did, do you know what I mean? But like, I was so deeply unhappy, and it was just like this... And it was like confusing in a way, right? Like, how can mm. I be so unhappy and have everything? Right. And so it was like I, I was so deeply unhappy. And my job was really going well. <laughs> I mean, it was like going well from, 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 it wasn't like I was in this environment where I was like, oh, these people are so terrible and none of this. I mm. really liked the people I worked with. I respected them. Um, And so I, at first, I just, like, I blamed myself, like, something's wrong with me, that I have everything Mm. and I'm unhappy. And I just kept trying and trying to, like, make myself happy. Like, no, I've worked my whole life for this. Like, I'm going to be happy and this is going to work. And um, I, you know, was trying all these different things to try to make it work. And eventually, I mean, it took me, it took me years But eventually I was just like, something has to give, like there has to, like, is there something else? Can I, can I feel differently? Can I have a different experience of life? And I didn't know if I could, but it was like, I just felt like something has to give in my life here. And the job was like the biggest thing in my life. And so Mm. eventually I, I left that job and I, I left it without a plan. I did not know what I was going to do next. I, in my mind, it was like, what could I possibly do? I mean, I, this is what I know. This is like what I know how to do is be an attorney. But um, yeah, there was just something in me that was like, I've got to, something has to shift. Something has to change. And at the same time, like I could have easily just gotten another job, right? Like I had a great resume. I had I was very well connected. Mm-hmm. The firm would have helped me get another job if I wanted right. one. But again, there was this thing in me that was like, it's going to be different faces, different places, but I'm going to feel the same. Mm. And you said something. It, it was something that it's meaningful. Mm-hmm. The law was meaningful to you what you're doing now, it's meaningful. So what is the difference? What is the connection between what you found meaning? You're pretty much fifth grade. I mean, in (laughs) fifth grade, you had a dream job that was based on maybe other people's perception. I don't know if in your family you have lawyers. And so you were the first Mm -hmm. one in your family to... Wow. Because <laughs> everybody's like, oh my God, good. Finally, we have a doctor in the family. We have a lawyer in the family. They're going to make a big box, you know, and they're going to, they made it. But the job that you're doing, it's meaningful. So how do, do you find, did you find like that connection, what you call meaningful now? Because I, I am pretty sure that this, is fulfilling to you and it's meaningful but the other one was also meaningful so what is how do you find that that difference in both if you're going to put them in a balance yeah so this is such a good question so 
the work that I was doing from the outside looking in, I think you could objectively say, like, okay, that's meaningful work. You know, I'm working with victims of domestic violence. I'm um, also, and it was pro bono work. And then I'm also Mm -hmm. doing all of this very significant legal work, these international and national cases. Um, But, and so in my mind, it was like, okay, I'm doing these really meaningful things, right? And, but you're right, it didn't, it didn't feel like it, did, it still didn't feel good to me. I didn't feel good doing what I was doing. Mm. Even when like my clients, like especially doing the domestic violence work, they would just be so grateful. Like, thank you so much. You've helped me so much. And I'd have this moment of, oh, good. And then it would just go. It was like this fleeting like, wow, you know, oh, good, good I'm like, And then it, it kind of went. And so what I've come to understand is that, you know, we come into this experience with our own gifts and talents. We don't come into this experience as this like blank slate. That it's like, okay, now I've, now I've come into this experience, I'm nothing, right? And now I need to go become something. And I can, I'll just pick whatever. I'll just pick, like, you know, I really, I picked a lawyer. Like in my mind, it was like, I'm going to be a doctor or a lawyer. That was really in my mind. Like I didn't have in my family, like I, there were not attorneys in my family. I didn't even know an attorney growing up. I grew up in a really small town. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, but I, it was like I had this, like, what had happened really was is as a child, I felt completely unworthy. I felt like I lacked any sort of value, any sort of innate value. And so it's like, okay, now I'm here. I have to go and make myself something. I have to go and become something. I have to go and make myself valuable and make myself worthy. It wasn't a question of like, well, who am I? And what is my like creative expression in the world? Like that was never the question for me. And so I was coming from this very confused an untruthful place really about who I was and from that place like okay I lack this value and worthiness now I need to go become something well what are things that have value and worthy and in my mind in the small town I grew up in and in kind of the circle I was in it was like lawyer doctor and mm-hmm. I chose lawyer <laughs> but the thing is is now that I see like that profession was not expressive of who I am mm. it was not expressive of like my gifts and talents it was not my creative expression in the world. And so, you know, for some people, does being a lawyer um, really, like, make them feel good? Does it really energize them? Does it excite them? Are they passionate about it? And I would say, yes, certainly. But not me. Like, we're all different. We're all unique beings. And so the thing, too, that I didn't understand is that when we're operating from a place of the gifts and talents that we innately have, we're actually energized by the things that we're doing. We're energized by them. Like we go out and we do them and we're energized by them versus what I was doing was something that really wasn't expressive of who I was. And so what I what happened was I was depleted by it. Mm. So my energy was depleted by it. Like my body was depleted by it. It was just like push, 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 like get this thing, <laughs> like do the stuff that you have to do. And so... Now what's happening is I'm having this dramatically different experience. Why? Because I am really expressing what I call really like the truth of who I am. I'm Mm. expressing now like my gifts, my talents, my creative expression in the world. And so, and I will, like, it is a dramatically different experience. It's like night and day different experience. 
Yeah, because you were looking for validation and you thought, okay, a lawyer, because in our minds, lawyers are very respectful, you know, um, respected, not respectful, <laughs> respected, well, respected, mm -hmm. you know, like they have a lot of money, or at least it's what we see in movies. Yeah, <laughs> they have a lot of money and they drive these cars and they're connected in the community, everybody. Mm -hmm. So you went into this with the wrong feelings that you yeah. were looking for. Wow. Yeah. And I can relate to that. I went to school for web design. I opened a practice in web design that didn't work. It failed. But you know what? I learned a lot from it. And then I was the executive director for um, a nonprofit. But it, my heart was always in that helping somebody like transform like a little butterfly you know first you're a caterpillar then you it, that transformation has always since I was little intrigued me and I discovered in photography that it was so much more than just pushing a button and giving prints to my clients it was a transformational experience mm. So it is so amazing that that you found your calling so let's talk a little bit about Kundalini yoga. Mm -hmm. And and first let's first what is an optimization coach? <laughs> yeah, so really this is something that I created. I developed my own programs and ah. it's really about helping people to understand who they are and how they function. Mm. And that might sound so like well I know who I am and I know how I function. And I would have said that I did when I was an attorney. And yet I had, it was so interesting, so highly educated, right? Like I spent all this time being educated. I did not understand who I was. I did not understand how I functioned. I didn't. I really didn't. And I would say if people are living in states of stress, of overwhelm, of disease, they actually have misunderstandings about who they are and how they function. Wow. These are not our natural states. These are not the fun, like our fundamental nature. Our fundamental nature is one of abundance. Our fundamental nature is one where we're energized by life, where we're passionate about life, really where we revel in this experience. And so I would say, and, and people would be like, well, that's, you know, it's just normal life that's stress and over, like, those are just normal. And no, they've been normalized, but they're not normal. They're not who we are. And so mm -hmm. my work really is about, and the programs I developed are about a person stepping into who they are, a person knowing who they are, understanding how they function, understanding the knowing and guidance they hold within, and also understanding how to control and direct their minds, how to use their minds to serve them. Most people are just run around by their minds. Mm. I mean, it is like they're just, it's like, oh, I wish my mind would just stop. Like, no, your mind is meant to serve you. But again, like we're not taught these things. Like we're not taught how to control and direct our minds. Like, you know what right. I mean? And we're not, we're not, it's like when children come into this experience, it's like, again, not always, but a lot of the messaging is like, you need to go become something. It's like, you already are it. The issue, like what you want to be doing is bringing that forth, discovering and knowing who that is, not going out and be, you know, you don't need to go and become something. It's like about right. you expressing you. And so really what I'm doing really is that it's these things that I didn't understand, but once I did, I mean, my life has transformed. It's like I've lived two lives in one lifetime. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. 
it's like the cats you're living mm -hmm. many lives <laughs> many lives my life is so dramatically different how i feel is so dramatically different my body is so dramatically different it and now and once i saw like oh my goodness i can i can have a different experience a dramatically different experience and then i started to work with other people and i saw oh they can too Right. That's really where I was like, okay, this this is something like this this is something that I'm going to like really do and yeah. Yeah. I was like I've heard about, you know, coaching of pretty much everything. I'm mm -hmm. like, what in the world is optimization <laughs> coaching? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good to know. I love that. Mm -hmm. And you know, you were talking about, you know, when children it's staying curious like that because we're always becoming. I learn something new every day mm -hmm. about myself and it's staying curious. You know, it's like, it's, it's being a child again. I love it. So how does Kundalini Yoga come into place here? <laughs> yeah, so... married this too. <laughs> yeah, so my programs are pretty... Um, they're dynamic in a sense and that they include like my own um, all of this like information that I recorded for people kind of like listening to a podcast is kind of how I <laughs> structured it. <laughs> they include these readings that I do and they also include coaching and then Kundalini yoga. And so after I left my job, I dedicated myself a hundred, like, this is like all I did was like, I was going to find answers because I realized after I left my job, my body was in a really unhealthy state. It's like I'd been operating on adrenaline probably my whole life. And so when that adrenaline went away, it was like, I saw the state of health my body was actually in and it was really not good. And at the same time, the other thing that happened was, you know, I left my job of my own volition but after I left that job, it was like, even though I had done all of that stuff, like you'd think I'd have a level of like, I can feel good about myself. Like I did all that stuff. Like I know I can do it. I did it. None of this. I left that job. It was like that job went away. Every shred of worth and value I had just went right with it. And so that's the state I found myself in. And so I dedicated myself. Like all I'm going to do is find answers. And so I took all of these, like, I trained in a number of different modalities. I saw a bunch of different healers. I tried all these different diets. I bought a sauna. I did floats. I um, taught myself how to do things like create flower remedies and do human design readings. And, like, it was, like, my full-time job. And I did that for a year and a half. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah. And after a year and a half, I found myself in a worse state of health and feeling worse about myself and so it was really this very dark time and like okay this thing I'm searching for it doesn't exist right like this is what life is and it's just not that great and so I considered going back to practicing law but there was something in me that was like keep going and one day like I had done yoga for years Never heard of Kundalini Yoga. One day I turned on a Kundalini Yoga class like, you know, I'll try it. And um, after that class, I felt different. I felt different. And, I, and so I kept taking Kundalini Yoga classes. The more I took them, the better I felt. It really was for me this turning point. 
it was the thing that like turned things around for me and started to show me I can have a different experience. My body can heal. My body can be healthy. I can feel energized. I can feel clear-minded. I can be inspired by life. And so, um, so yeah, so, so Kundalini Yoga played a pretty big role in me, really kind of like my life kind of turning in a different direction. Right. Um, so before you started teaching um, Kundalini Yoga, you were already practicing all the modalities of of uh, yoga, correct? Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to teach Kundalini Yoga? <laughs> so I, I really, I went to teacher training just because it was like, I want to know more about this thing that was changing my life. Why is this thing having this incredible impact on my life? when other things haven't like you know say try all these other things that didn't work like what like what is it doing and why and so that's why I went to the teacher training not to teach it I just wanted to know more about it was just for yourself it was for myself and as I went through the training though I started to understand oh this is why it's making like this is why it's changing things in my life and so and the more I did it the more I benefited and so then I was like why don't more people know about this? <laughs> Why didn't I know about this when I was an attorney? Why, you know, and so I started teaching really because I wanted to share it with other people. Like, here's this modality. It's available and you can benefit from it in really significant ways. And so that's why I teach it. Okay. For somebody that um, that doesn't know much about yoga, and there's a lot now, days you know that you can just google it and go to Mm -hmm. youtube and pretty much a lot of people know about yoga and you know like you know a lot of people just think about the pretty poses and you know Mm -hmm. and all that stuff but what is what is different about kundalini yoga and just any other type of yoga yeah so what most like so there's again like you said there's a lot of different types of yoga what most people associate with yoga when they think of yoga is like a hatha yoga. And you're right. It's those like those beautiful poses. <laughs> yeah. So kundalini yoga is quite different. <laughs> it looks quite different. Um, so kundalini yoga, it does use postures and poses. Some of them looks are similar to what is done in hatha yoga, but many of them are very different. In addition to postures and poses, it also uses a number of different breathing techniques. So there's a Mm. lot of different types of breathing that's done in class. It uses hand positions and eye positions. So like the hands are connected to different parts of the brain. So we can change the brain, stimulate the brain with our hand positions. It uses eye positions. Like for instance, we can stimulate the endocrine system using different eye positions. It also uses um, meditation, it uses relaxation, and it uses mantra. So it's Mm. the using Mm -hmm. sound currents also in the practice. And so when we, if you were to come into a Kundalini yoga class, it's going to look very different from, I think, what people are used to. And in fact, when I did my first class, I was like, this is weird. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> what has my life become? <laughs> um, until I realized like, oh, this works. 
and there's a reason that it works. And so, um, and what it's doing with all of this is, so we're dynamic and complex beings. Like we're not, we're, we're in a physical body, but there's more to us, right? It's like, and so what Kundalini Yoga is doing, it's working all parts of us at one time. And so it's working the physical body and it's working particular systems of the physical body. So the endocrine system, the nervous system. I mean, how often do people work their endocrine system or their nervous system, right? And so, and then it's also working you from an emotional level, helping you handle current emotions and also release and let go of suppressed emotions. Mm-hmm. It's working from, it's working on the mind. So it's helping one to control and direct their mind. It's helping rid one of old subconscious like patterns and thoughts and habits. And then it's working on an energetic level. So we're looking at like the energy channels, the chakras. And so it really treats a person as like a whole, a whole. being. Mm-hmm. And it's doing all of this in the practice. And so it's like, Oh, no wonder I was having such a, (laughs) being so impacted by it. Yeah. You know, I don't really practice that. I've done it before and I've taken a few classes online and it, and you're right. It feels really weird at first, but you know, the postures, the way you, you go like, (gasps) and you Mm -hmm. do the mantras. If if you've never done that before. It feels like weird because I do meditation and I, Mm -hmm. you know, like I do guided meditations. I do just meditation on my own and it, it it like, it it disrupts everything. You were talking about struggles and, you know, like finding yourself and your worthiness. And so I'm curious, have you ever struggled with body image? (laughs) And if so, (laughs) if so, how did you overcome this? Because you look, you know, fit. Um, And I'm guessing that, well, when we are in entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners, when you're trying to make something, you know, out of anything, we tend to put our health to the side, right? So if you ever struggle with this, how did you learn to have a better relationship with with your body? And how do you think this affects people in business to grow their business? Yeah, so have I struggled with body image? Oh my goodness, (laughs) so much, so much. It's been crazy. And again, it just, it came from a place of, I didn't understand who I was. Like I didn't, Mm. you know, we, we are in this place of it's like, we're constantly criticizing ourselves and we're constantly comparing ourselves. Like, how do you compare two totally unique works of art? Like you don't, they're both brilliant. Right. And so it has, I mean, that has certainly taken me time and really having to go deep within myself and you know it's really about me and everybody just we are one of a kind unique beings how beautiful is that do you know like how beautiful is that and so it's like but you know it's one thing saying it it's another thing to know it and so the thing is like I feel like with a lot of the things I did it was like they were giving me this intellectual 
like experience. Like I can tell people like you're a hundred percent unique being and there's so much beauty in that. You're like this unique work of art, but it's like, I'm just telling them that they don't know it. It's like an intellectual, like, and for me, and I used to be kind of told things like you should feel good about yourself and all the things it's like, yeah, but I don't. (laughs) right I don't and I can try to trick myself all the time or look in the mirror and do these things and like you know say something like I don't feel that way like that's not who I feel and so but the the difference is is like knowing comes from experience and so the only way you know something is if you experience it and what I help people to do is have knowing actually walk them through like how do we have these different experiences of ourselves and it it happens in a process but I mean I felt so bad about myself and the way I looked it's constantly comparing myself to others constantly mm. criticizing myself constantly beating up on me I mean it was just this like since I was a kid to to, to think that I could even ever have a different experience would like I wouldn't even think that was possible like mm-hmm. no this is just who I am <laughs> like this is this is my right. life um but we can have a different experience why because here's the thing the, the truth of who we are who loves us who like honors us like that's there it's there and when we tap into that that knowing that we hold the truth that we are we see ourselves and the world so differently it's like these things have always been there but we're not seeing them clearly and so my position would be it's really about when you tap into you you see yourself not just differently but I would say you see yourself in the truth of who you are which is something so precious which is something so beautiful which is something so magnificent you start to actually see that you start to actually have the experience of that and yeah, it's so, so different. But it's like, again, yeah. it's more of this kind of internal knowing that you're having versus this like external kind of, I'll just tell myself these things or, right? It's very different. Yeah. Like you really tapping into you and the beauty that you hold. And so, yeah. And in terms of um, like running a business and priorities and all those things. So, I actually believe things are much easier than people think they are. When we're really in tune with who we are, how we're structured to thrive, our innate gifts and talents, when we're really in tune with us, we have time and energy for all the things. And I know we have this thing of like, If you have a business or you have a job or you have a career, you have to give all of this time and energy to that. And you have to not give time and energy to these other things like taking care of your body, like working out, like spending time with the people that you love. And I would say that's actually an untruth. However, because that is like, again, this very pervasive messaging that we get we take on these beliefs that that is true and then that is our experience. And we take actions that perpetuate that and that is our experience. And then also too, the other thing that we get is all of these people telling us, well, when you have a business of your own, it's so hard and you have to do all of this stuff, all of these things you have to do and you should do and you must do. 
I would say, actually, that's not necessarily true. My belief, like my kind of position is, and when I work with people, when they have their own business, they actually have the knowing within them to bring forth success of that business. It's a matter of tapping into that and following that. And Mm -hmm. that knowing within them and that guidance isn't going to guide them to deplete themselves, isn't going to guide them to sacrifice That's not who you really are. You don't have to do that. You don't have to sacrifice like one or the other relationship or business or working out or business or taking care of your body or business. Now, I know we're taught that, but what I would offer is it's not actually true. Yeah, so it's like we love to learn the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a better way. And you are telling us that, that there is a better way to do it. You said something about beauty, (laughs) and I would love to know, what is your perception of beauty? Wow, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a really good question. And I'm going to help you a little there. Okay. Like, I usually tell people, if I go to an abandoned place with you, you might see it and say, oh, this looks disgusting. And my perception will be really, I wonder what this place was like before it was mm. abandoned, it, before it was mm. ruined. I just wonder what this building represented to that person who built it. Mm. It's the story behind, you know, it's, it's that feeling yeah, I, I really love that. I I think beauty, it's like it is. There's an isness to beauty. I actually believe it's who we are and it's what we are. I think too, when you're coming from a place of the truth of who you are, you can see beauty in probably most things. Do you know what I mean? Um, but that's such like a deep question, but I do think there is like a I think too that like there's an isness to it. It's like there like it is. It's like actually who we are. It's what we are. It's our fundamental nature. And when we're expressing that, we experience it. And it's almost like again a thing that we we know it when we experience it. Mm. Yeah. You see that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Being unapologetically you to me means being true to who you are and what you believe in pretty much everything you were saying in other words it's not seeking approval (laughs) to show up authentically in order to blend in which I believe you were talking about that at the beginning um, about pursuing your practice and worthiness what was something that you stopped apologizing for that helped you level up in your business or really going after your practice and becoming a coach and maybe that it was before that or maybe it's it was at the starting point of your transitioning yeah wow so now I pretty much don't apologize for anything (laughs) um Because I think, too, when we're apologizing for things, it's like we're coming from this state of that we're, like, guilty of something. Mm. It's like we're justifying. And so it's almost like we've decided to walk into a courtroom 
and be like, yes, I am guilty of this. This is why I will apologize for it. And it's like we're justifying ourselves in a way. And I think, you know, generally speaking, the truth of who we are, there's nothing to ever apologize for. Now, of course, we can, when we're outside of the truth of who we are, can we do things that potentially do hurt other people? Or like, of course, like we can. They're also part of that, though. It's not just, I always believe there's a, two people involved in these things. But, um, yeah, I just, it's certainly, it's been, um, it's been a process, but I've really just come to, like, this is who I am, and who I am guided by is me, and who I trust is me, and I follow that above everything else. And when I really tap into that, I feel like there's just, it's like, this is who I am and there's just nothing, you know, there's just nothing to apologize for. And I think too, like, certainly we can do things that are destructive. We have that choice. People do Mm -hmm. things that are destructive. They do. My general experience with people though, is that they're just walking around with all of these beliefs of guilt and shame. Mm. All of these reasons that they feel guilty about this or that or shameful about this or that, and they're not justified. They're not justified reasons, right? And so when we're walking around with these kind of beliefs of guilt and shame, which are super low vibratory states, like these are not who we are. It's like then when we have these things going on, then we tend to think that there is something to apologize for. And really it's just us being outside of the truth of who we are, like, guilt and shame are not things that like we take these on as children like they're really in most instances very unjustified and so it's again when we really step into who we are which is not coming from a place of guilt which is not coming from a place of shame most people aren't just walking around hurting people they're not most people are doing quite the opposite do you know what I mean so so yeah I just think in truth there's very little to apologize for and they're especially never to apologize for who you are and who you are is in truth it's love through and through so Mm -hmm. you know it's like people kind of have this thing like well I'm being in the truth of who I am so I'm just gonna like tell off this person like no no (laughs) like that's not the truth of who you are the truth of who you are is love through and through the truth of who you are accepts that person the truth of who you are sees that person is like you're having your own individual experience I honor that I accept that like the truth of who you are. So like when you're really tapped into you, like there just really isn't, you're not coming from a place that you would ever need to apologize for anything. I love it. I love that. What you said about walking in the courtroom and saying, I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never heard that before <laughs> when I asked that. That is so powerful. Yes. Next time you feel like apologizing people, just think that you're walking into a, in right in front of a judge and saying, I'm guilty. So think about it and don't guilt. Will you say it like that? Don't guilt yourself. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's, it's you're the one who's like, and you don't have to ever walk into that courtroom. You don't. And it's like, we're told so many times that we do and we have to be judged and Yeah, you don't have to justify yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Where can people go and find about your 
programs and about your coaching and where are you most active on social media on your website so the best place really is my website which is karanicolebitar.com it's k-a-r-a-n-i-c-o-l-e-b-i-t-a-r.com i'm also on instagram same thing karanicolebitar on facebook and linkedin karanicolebitar my website really has all of my information on it and then i would say the next place i'm most active is on instagram all the links where people can find you will be provided on the show notes. Uh, this has been an amazing time. An attorney talking about body image issues or an attorney <laughs> talking about, you know, being apologetic? Where does that come <laughs> from? You, you don't think about this stuff about, you know, attorneys. Mm -hmm. Well, educated. <laughs> well spoken and it's like a little intimidating you're like it's an attorney you know you don't you don't you know you don't cross the line <laughs> thank you so much Kara, for everything for all the wisdom that you share with us today and it's just amazing to know that you went from being an attorney having your life figured out at five at fifth grade mm -hmm. it's like I didn't even know like I have a long list of things that I still want to do when I grow up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I have just so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and family and consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell us what you think on social media. On Instagram and Twitter, at MyeLens, and on Facebook page, Conversations with MyeLens. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time, talk to you soon.